Welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, the film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And somehow, here we are over two and a half years into the intro, and I'm still almost messing it up every oh, time. Oh, yeah. It you just know. happens. You That's know. how it goes. Uh, but this week, we're going to be getting into Amazon's Amazon Prime's show, The Boys, which is the mm. most chaotic, unhinged, uh, gross shit on TV, and I absolutely mm. love it. But before we get started, speaking of superheroes, I just wanted to mention, I, so I hadn't played the Miles Morales Spider-Man game yet, mm-hmm. uh, and yesterday, my good friend Sid let me borrow uh, their copy of it, played through it in about seven hours. <laughs> it is a short game. I. It's not even that it's short, it's solely just because when I got home, I just started playing it. I played probably 70% of the story last night, just grinded through all of it, mm-hmm. and then like finished it off today. And there's nothing more satisfying than swinging around New York as Spider-Man, I've realized. That is true. I think when I get stressed out, I'll just like go on Spotify on my play- on the PlayStation and then just fire up that game and just swing around. Yeah. It's like it just relieves the tension. It's just so good. It's so good. And like the story of that one, that game's really cool too, but I also just love like Miles is swinging and the interactions he can have with people and mm-hmm. like, ah, uh, it's just so fun. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like the next Spider-Man game that we get is going to be like, I think I heard something about how you play as Peter and Miles. In the next I wouldn't one, be surprised. Which would be really cool now that they've gone back and forth between the two characters. Plus, I didn't, I didn't know this when I, because I only played the first Spider-Man game, but the end of that, the, the end of the little credits there, when you see uh, Harry Osborn and Kurt Connors. Oh, yeah. Like, super cool to be foreshadowing them as potential next villains, mm-hmm. even though they've already foreshadowed Venom, uh, but hey, I'm excited. They set up something with Harry Osborn being Venom, I remember, at the ending of the first game, where he was in, like, a, a tank. In the... Yeah, he's in, like, a tank, but I thought his condition was uh, the Green Goblin whatever-the-heck condition. It is. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm wrong. I just remember seeing something about how they might be making like doing like a little bit of a twist and making him Venom. Well, which would I be did. Weird. I did see he's like floating in the tank. He's got. I don't. I couldn't tell if they're like wires or something. But there's like black things right to him. So gotcha. maybe it is Venom. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have to find see. out. That's a good game though. Very solid. I love Very the Christmas vibes. So such good Christmas vibes. I was swinging around New York mm-hmm. with my little. Uh, I got the skin that's like the scarf and the little toque and everything, yeah. and I was like, yeah. Pure vibes. Pure vibes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, we also saw Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. So we were kind of like thinking, what should we do an episode on? Should we do Thor? Should we do the boys? Uh, ultimately, I was like, I feel like I have like f- a couple minutes worth of Thor to talk about. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just get into it really quickly, because I know that there's a lot of negative discourse towards this movie. All right, at least from what it seems like, it's getting a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to get into it. What did you think of Thor Love and Thunder fresh out of the theater when we saw it? I personally had a good time. I, I think it's getting a lot of unnecessary hate. Um, but I personally enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot of great 80s vibes, a lot of fun comedic moments, um, lots of great acting. Uh, I think just like overall opinions... Um, it was a good movie, and I think a lot of people are hating on it because they're starting to see the um, the Marvel format. Uh, I and something we'll get into a bit more into this episode is just the idea of superhero fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's starting to happen more and more to more people, not just like the movie nerds who go see it all the time, but also the people who used to like love Marvel and now they're like, oh, 
this is the third time I've seen a movie like this where uh, bad guy shows up, villains fight bad guy, bad guy loses. Yeah, you know? gets punched around a little bit, then and it's I, done. And I think as great as this movie is, it is a really good example of that format. Um, it's There's not a lot of character development. It's a, very flashy. It's kind of what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest, my biggest issue with this is just that there's not a lot of substance to this movie. Did I enjoy it when I watched it in the theaters? Hell yeah. It's a right. it's a fun Thor movie. Like um Thor doesn't have a lot of brains to him, so I don't think his movies have to either. But at the same time, I did kind of expect a little bit more from this one, you know? I, I totally agree. I think the issue that a lot of people have taken up with, like at least in regards to the Thor portrayal, is in Ragnarok he's he's funny, he's goofy, he's stupid. But it seems like with Love and Thunder, they just took it a bit too far. You know, they yeah, reached he's... a tad into the comedy direction too far. And it seems to have upset a lot of people mm. who have watched and loved Thor and respected Thor and have now watched him turn into like a, a goofball or like a punching bag for jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do understand that point. But I'll also say like Ragnarok was a funny movie as well. You know, like this is the direction the character has been headed in. It's not like jarring or, or out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think I think just the difference for a lot of people is like in Endgame and, like, Infinity War, we got a more serious and stoic Thor. Mm. Um, so I feel like people probably expected him to continue on that route a bit more, but in this one, it just kind of goes back to Ragnarok Thor, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing, but I understand why people might be a bit upset about it. What I don't understand is the people who are being like, this movie is trash. It's like ass. It's like, no. There are go back and watch Thor two. Yeah, I was gonna say you could. I can name a worse MCU movie in the Thor. Honestly, go back and watch franchise. Thor one. I don't even think Thor one is as good as this movie. Fair enough. Um, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't understand the horrible flack it's getting. But at the same time, I do understand the criticisms of bad character development and uh, weak plot line. Right. I mean, the longer I sit with this movie. The less I like it, mm-hmm. to be honest. When I came out of the theater, it was like, oh, it's a four. And then I sat with it, and I was like, oh, it's a three and a half. Uh, no, it's a three. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm keeping it at a three. Uh, just because I, I do have quite a few issues with like the narrative of this movie uh, and the fact that really there isn't one. Yeah, It's like Thor attempts to get a team, doesn't get a team, and then beats Gore. Yeah. Anyways, so that's really the whole plot. I, I will say, I don't think the return of Natalie Portman worked very well for me. Um, I, I think... I like what they were doing. I just think the execution of it was so rushed with the Jane Foster storyline, which could have honestly had its own movie all to her. Yeah. It's a very good storyline, a very complex storyline, and they really just condense it into, like, Jane gets cancer, gets curious about uh, Asgard because she's going to die, goes there, gets Hammer. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, we could have done a little bit more here. The The progression from Jane having cancer to becoming Thor is like maybe five minutes. It's yeah. There isn't any progression. It's just like it's just boom. Like, yeah. It's it's happened now. Mm-hmm. And and the way they explain it is very simple. They're just like, oh, Thor one day was like Mjolnir. Make sure nothing happens to her. And somehow, just by speaking those words, it made her worthy. Yeah. I let's don't know. just let's just pretend that the the hammers have always been sentient and listen and move yeah, and talk I, to you. Cause... I think that was one of the other problems I have with this movie was Thor was talking to his hammers way too much. I I get what they were going for with the joke of like uh you know his jealous hammer. Yeah. He's jealous of his ex girl. I I kind of get it, but it's just like they've never established that those hammers talk to Thor. See, so 
a Thor is funny when he's being like a, a himbo around other people. Mm-hmm. He's not funny when he's being a himbo to his hammer. Right. It's like, okay, I get it. I, I understand the joke here, but they just keep going. Mm-hmm. They don't stop with it. So I think Christian Bale is great, but just didn't have enough to work with. Yeah, I think I think he's I would have loved to see his character utilized a bit more, but I just think the direction that the movie was going in the comedy and like the lightheartedness in many moments just didn't fit his character very well. Mm. And then the turnaround at the end, ugh, it's so weak. What where he's just like Where he's just good. like Oh, I uh, look after my daughter, dude. I was trying to kill. Right. He's I was like, like, "Damn, okay." Now you easy. can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, from the second I heard Christian Bale was going to be in a Marvel movie, I knew it was a one-off. I, I hear some people being yeah. like, "It's a shame that he's not the next big bad." I'm like, there was no way ever that Christian Bale was the next Marvel big bad. No. He just wouldn't do that. He doesn't give a shit about it. So I knew off the bat that we were going to get him in one movie. I just wish we got some more screen time with him, mm-hmm. some more. You know, God butchering for someone we're going to call the God butcher. Because he was really cool. Yeah, yeah. we barely saw him kill any gods. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think that would have been a little bit cooler to see. I know that Christian Bale has said he filmed a whole bunch of stuff that isn't in the movie. Really? Which is a bummer. It means Taika just got a little too heavy on the chopping. I don't understand that. It wasn't even that long of a movie, was the, it? The movie's actually too short. I think that's like, yeah. you know, like I, I don't think every Marvel movie needs to be like two and a half to three hours long. But I think Thor Love and Thunder could have used like... Another 10 or 15 minutes, at least, just to develop the villain and the love interest a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's that. Uh, I talked a little bit more in detail about it over on the Kyber Culture. We just talked about Phase 4 and a bit about superhero fatigue as well. And I just kind of brought up that the longer I think about it, the more I... Or the less I like it. But it's a fun time. If you like these Marvel movies, you're not going to hate it. It's just... It's just fine. It is a fun time, and I will also say, for anyone who has never seen a Marvel movie, this is a great one to watch. Because we went to go see this movie, and uh, I invited my friend Taryn to come, not knowing until we got to the theater that Taryn has never seen a single Marvel movie. Um, So I was standing there in the line to get popcorn trying to explain to her the overarching story of Thor. We get into the theater, and in the first two minutes of the movie... It gives you, like, the whole... You've got Korg uh, monologuing the whole, like, story of Thor. And it tells you everything you need to know about his character and how he got to this point. Um, So, honestly, if you've never seen a Marvel movie before, or you have somebody who has never seen a Marvel movie before, this is a great one to show them Mm. if they're just, like, interested. It does beg the question of, like, why we're recapping the movie on the fourth Thor movie in a franchise that isn't known for recapping the stories, you know? You know what I think the funniest part about it is? Hmm. They completely skipped the second movie. That's, yeah. There is maybe, they mentioned maybe once that Jane Foster gets infected with uh, whatever stone she gets infected with, Um, but that's like it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because they skip over it knowing it's that bad. Right. Yeah, Thor 11, or Thor the Dark World is not a good movie at all. Yeah. But what would you rate Love and Thunder? I'd give it like a three. Yeah. It's a solid movie, but it's nothing like groundbreaking for Marvel. And far removed from how good Ragnarok was. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, let's just let's get into the boys. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can start with the conversation around superhero fatigue. Yeah. Because I think... That's a very real thing, uh, especially with Marvel, and the more we go on and on and on and get a show after a show. 100%. So I think here we are now with The Boys, which is pretty much a call to action for 
mm-hmm. superhero fatigue. I was having a conversation about this with my parents the other day, and I was talking about the um, big reveal at the end of Miss Marvel, which I, I won't spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, but I was saying, like, it's so rough because if you want to get into the MCU and want to understand everything, you have to start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between that and comics, where if you like a hero, you can read a comic series that includes them in it. Right. And you don't have to read, like, every single comic book ever made. But with Marvel, it's not the same. You have to start from the beginning. And so I think superhero fatigue is so real, especially with Marvel, because you've got so much. It's such a jaunting task to Mm -hmm. be like, I haven't seen a single movie. Let me start from the beginning and watch 40 hours of content or whatever. Um, which is insane. Actually, not forty. It's like a hundred at this point. Actually, to uh, not to be like nitpicky, but no, it's please like do two hundred. I Joe posted that Phase Four so far has been fifty hours in itself with all the shows and movies, mm-hmm. and then the previous phases were all like twenty hours or like like so. Well, it's like what I thought was that it the thing that he posted said that um, all the content we've gotten in Phase Four is like slightly less like maybe an hour or two less than all of the mcu all of the rest of the mcu you're right it's actually like 100 yeah you're right. so i think it's around 100 which is insane absolutely insane um it's a lot of time and there was a funny interview with uh i i don't remember if it was like the whole cast of guardians of the galaxy but i know it was chris pratt who's talking about it who was like the only people who the MCU is perfect for is coma patients. Like people who wake – think about this though. You wake up from a coma. You still have to stay in the hospital for like two or three days. Why not binge all of Marvel? Yeah. Because you got nothing else better to do. So it's funny that he said that because it's like you literally have to be in a hospital and do nothing for two days to have the free time to watch all of Marvel back to back. Get COVID and then you can watch the MCU. Exactly. You know? Um but yeah, it's totally understandable why people have been feeling this superhero fatigue because it's, I'm not going to lie, it's a lot of the exact same thing every single movie. Similar like we storyline. Yeah. yeah, similar storylines. Uh, similar levels of CGI, if not in- decreasing in quality. Yeah. Uh, and then just, like, it's just so much. There's just so much content. Once they introduced the shows, it was like, oh, you guys are going to eliminate a lot of fans just by default, regardless of the quality. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't have the energy for this shit. Yeah, exactly. So... It's just tough, and then um, the boys came along, and in my opinion, the boys, things like the boys and Invincible, uh, those are the saving graces of superhero fatigue because they give us a whole new side, a whole new scope on superheroes, and a brand new twist on it. The boys really going for that kind of like vulgar superheroes or evil kind of thing. Uh, Same kind of thing with Invincible, but a little different. We get some more interesting dynamics, and superheroes are actually trying to do good and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but The Boys has been so fun. Like, ever since the beginning, the first episode, I was hooked. I was there, I was ready to go. And I, this new season was just so much fun and so incredible. And I am so excited to see where they keep going with it. From the second that A Train blew up Huey's girlfriend in the first episode of The Boys. I was like, oh, this show is going to be something special. Mm -hmm. I just, I knew it. I was like, oh, you don't regularly just get to see what happens when the Flash hits someone at full speed. So to get that perspective is so cool. And then the show has just continued to toy and play with that throughout the time and just like defy expectations. You know, whatever you expect a show like this to do, The Boys just does the total opposite constantly. 
And I, I know that Eric Kripke, the, the guy who does the show, has talked about how his goal is to one-up himself. He wants to see how far he can push it and how many people he can drive away with how nasty things get. <laughs> and you can really feel that. Like, the show is constantly upping the ante. If that's his goal, and just from watching this new season, I'm scared for season four. I know. Like, yeah. Because there has been some fucked up stuff in this season. So, well, we'll get into some of the, the really crazy stuff later. But, yeah. Yeah, like the boys as a comic book series before it was the show was, it's actually widely regarded as kind of bad. Uh, if mm-hmm. you look at where the story goes in the comics, it's really lame. It, it's not at all where the show has gone with the same story. So, it, it, it was essentially just a really edgy parody of superhero stuff in the comics. Yeah. And all the characters and the core beats were the same, but it was so edgy. Like, it was like mm-hmm. everything was so needlessly edgy and stupid. There was always people, like, saying racial slurs and people getting, like, sexually assaulted just for no reason. And I was just like, okay. I, like, the, the thing about this show that I'll say that I love is that it all has reason. Yeah. It's all a commentary on things. It's all making points or, or discussions and having those conversations through the superhero genre and that's what i think is so special about this show is it's a rare adaptation that adds a point to the original source material yeah exactly you know like like people say eh, the boys is fine but the show is amazing mm-hmm. and i just think that that's a rare situation to be in and that's because what eric kripke's done with it is just really taken the idea of a superhero satire and made a good superhero show out of it. It's not mm-hmm. just a good satire. It's an effective superhero show, you know? Yeah. I think he, one thing that he's also doing really good, is he really well, is that he's just making it feel real. Like this, if we had superheroes in this world, I feel like this is a very real scenario. Mm-hmm. With Not only with just like the corruption in politics and whatever, but also like the funny mock commercials that are based on real commercials that we've seen in real life that we'll get into later and just like all that fun stuff i think he's done such a good job at making this world feel real and making the consequences feel real and making all these things feel so real and important in this world Mm -hmm. and so i'm just like fully invested all the time because i'm like this feels like my backyard like this this is the world that we're living in all this stuff yeah that was a point that i actually wrote my notes is like it's like a fusion of fiction, like superhero fiction and like the actual world we really live in right now. Yeah. And by doing that, it allows you to feel the weight of like the commentary it's addressing on things. Cause it's all stuff that we know, mm-hmm. but it gets to play in that sandbox because it's, it's, it's what we know, but also not at all. Cause there's superheroes everywhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's something the show deserves credit for. I love the way it makes fun of corporate stuff. Yeah. And like the media and like the way that companies will, manipulate and play with celebrity and stuff ashley in this season has been so insane oh my god the hair ripping the hair ripping is nuts oh you see her at the ending of the season she's got like no hair left it makes sense she's probably stressed out yeah oh you would be yeah uh but like i think this show is in regards to the point that we have made about it constantly shocking and constantly upping the ante it's so it's so rare because usually you get so desensitized, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that the boys immediately deserves credit for is like the more gore you watch, like when I watch a slasher movie, unless there's like a really crazy kill, I feel like the like by on like kill six, you're just like, yeah, it was cool, but like everybody's yeah. already dead. Uh, with the boys, it feels like it's genuinely getting more and more disgusting with each season. Mm-hmm. Like the, some of the stuff you see in season one has nothing on like stuff you see straight off the bat in season three. Yeah. In particular, like uh, 
what's his name? Termite, the little Ant-Man like guy yeah. going up the dude's penis hole and then sneezing and blowing him up everywhere. Just like disgusting, insane. Who came up with it? They deserve a medal. It's it's so genius because I realized that it's very similar to in the first season when we see Translucent explode mm-hmm. all over Huey. Like that when I saw that I was like, ugh. But in this, they take it to the whole other level with him going up his dick. Right. You know? And then instead of his entire body exploding, like, just his bottom half explodes and his top half lands on the bed and guts are spewing out. And it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. You know? So they, they are doing a really good job at keeping us on our toes and constantly shocking us with new things. And, like, I know that a lot of people would say, like, and I would normally say this, too, that sometimes shock factor doesn't work, but for this show, it works every single time for Absolutely, me. yeah. Because it's just, they keep upping themselves, and I don't know where they're going to go with this next season, but if they keep upping themselves, whoa, yeah. we're going to see some brutal kills. It's, it's hard to imagine it getting crazier, because, like, you have stuff like the head popper this season, mm-hmm. who, whenever she does something, it's like, in particular, that first episode when Huey's ducked behind the dumpsters and she's killing that one guy. Yeah. And she, like, blows up just his jaw. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, choking to death on his own blood. And you can see it pooling in his throat. I'm like, this is so real. And, yeah. like, it's not even... Sometimes the kills are so disgusting. They're not even fun to watch. Despite the fact that they're so insane that they should be fun. I'm like, like who who did the effects for this? Like, the practical mm-hmm. effects and the gore for it. Um, because it's just so disgusting and sp- yeah. spot on. I've seen, I mentioned on, on the Kyber Culture when we had talked about some of our fa- favorite stuff of the year, and you guys had said The Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of talked about how I've seen so many slasher movies, and even some of those don't have shit on, like, what The Boys is doing. Yeah. You know, like, it's just upping the ante constantly. It's nasty, but uh, it's great. Yeah. I want to get into some of the cameos from this show. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like every time you see, and this goes back to the point we had made about like real world and yeah. this fusion world kind of crossing into each other. But like, did you have any like moments with the, any celebrities this season that really made you freak out? Because I definitely had one in particular. I think we have the same one. I think it's Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. That one is just so funny, man. Sir comes like, a lot. <laughs> Sir comes a lot. Oh, my God. Seeing him when uh, Red Countess or whatever her name is, or the Countess, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing him just be like there on his computer screen it like opens up and it's joe rogan or seth rogan and i'm like god that's hilarious like that's so funny uh and you hear his voice first and like you're like sitting there like wait a second and then mm -hmm. it shows him and i think the thing about the seth rogan gag that got me the most is like while he's while she's doing her little sex show and he's getting off to it that she gets interrupted gets into a big fight and the camera falls over, and there's a stuffed bear on the floor, and Seth Rogen just continues and comes to the stuffed bear. Yeah. It's so disgusting, but it's also, like, one of the funniest, like, low-key details, because the camera just holds on him for, like, another, like, 30 seconds, so he can... Yeah, and he's just like, I can't stop now. <laughs> it's so fucked, man. It's disgusting, but really uh, good. The Charlize Theron uh, cameo this season was really good, too. Really funny. And then the, the like, bunch of actors who did the cameo for the imagine video which is hilarious like it's so fitting because when the world saw gal gadot doing that imagine video they were like this is so pandering to just like oh we're celebrities we care too like that whole thing and then they did it in the boys and i felt the exact same way oh yeah because it's like oh man and the funniest one too was when 
Black Noir is there and he's just got a sign. Yeah, and he's just holding it he's up. He's just holding it up and just like does a thumbs up or whatever. I'm like, gosh. Like, uh That Gal Gadot Imagine video is like my sleep paralysis demon. It's so cursed. And like that's not even that's not even the the funniest one they did this uh, season, in my opinion. I feel like, because I saw the, I didn't get the A-Train commercial reference until, like, the riots started happening. And I was like, oh, God, this is making fun of that uh, Pepsi commercial. Oh, right. Wait, uh, which one? The the one where A-Train... Uh, oh, he's like, you just gotta listen to the people. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, one he, he's, like, cracks like, the, the can rally. and, like, stops the riot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, ugh. <laughs> It's so funny because it, it once again it's making fun of I think it was like uh, I don't even remember one of the Kardashians or like Kendall Jenner or something mm-hmm. um, who did that uh, commercial and yeah it's just it's so fitting once again just playing on the funny things that happen in our world right back into like this this like pretend world full of superheroes because. We watch it and it's like funny, but then I think about it and I'm like, oh, this is actually the world I live in. Like these things happened. Right. This is real. And the the part about it that I'm just like, whoa, this is how real it is, is because they do it in the boys and I'm like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I fully believe this. Like it's so real. And so it's funny to see them um, – make fun of it but at the same time i'm sitting there being like this is funny but somebody actually did this right like, like somebody actually thought that pepsi could solve like police riots right you know yeah somebody thought that was a good idea right. so yeah like that that got approved in a real real room yeah uh yeah i know i totally agree and i think it's just like there's so many points in this show where it calls into question like the idea of like all these shitty reality stars and all like these, the, all the corporate stuff in our world, mm-hmm. in the boys' world, it's the same thing. It's just superheroes. You exactly. Know? Like they're they're just the faces. Instead of it being Kim Kardashian, it's it's uh, it's Storm. Oh, not Stormfront. Starlight. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, big difference there. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It's 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 funny and also terrifying at the same time. Right. Because it's like ah, uh, funny joke about our society, but that's we, our society. Aren't we fucked? Yeah. The only difference between the two is that they have superheroes and the boys, and that's it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um. But yeah, really funny real-life references throughout this entire season, and I, I've been loving every single one of them. I brought up one uh, previously that is like, like to you, that is like really low-key, and like if you don't notice it, you don't notice it. But in the background, while some crazy action piece is going on, there's just people running for their lives. And there's, like, a food stand that's, like, BLM, BLTs is yeah. what it was. And, like, that joke is so fucked up, mm-hmm. but it's also really true to, like, the... And it's only fucked up because it's exactly what, like, corporate America does. You yeah. know, like, they're just, like, we hear you. Or, like, the the whole A-Train arc of A-Train goes to Africa or whatever to right. rediscover his... Uh, roots. roots yeah and i'm like oh gosh but then i think about it and i'm like you know i wouldn't be surprised yeah that's definitely something that, that would exist for sure yeah it's just like you're right it's funny and you go ha ha ha, ha. oh oh right <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a bit of a dark moment there yeah uh okay so this season the big plot point 
uh, is that the boys have access to Temp V, which oh, yeah. is like a version of Compound V that gives you access to superpowers for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. When I first heard this plot line, I was really nervous. I was like, this sounds like a recipe for cliches, you know, like just, mm. oh, they're no, they're, they're no better than the people they're fighting. Uh, big moral quant. I just feel like I thought it was going to be cliche, mm-hmm. right? I should have known better with Eric Kripke being in charge of the show. Yeah. Um, but it, I actually think that this show uses it in a really interesting way where it, it separates and divides the boys and really doesn't pose this moral question, but it, it shows how far are some people willing to go versus how far other people are willing to go. You know, yeah. there's the people who aren't willing to do it like like Mother's Milk and, and Frenchie. And then there's Huey and Butcher who are like fully willing to go into that to try and get the job done. Yeah. And I think I like the way that it uses these temporary superpowers as a way to like question our characters beliefs and like really challenge them as people and characters. Mm -hmm. It's not just some plot device to give butcher laser eyes. It's actually like a really like it's challenging our characters. It's really interesting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's a really great way, like you said, to create those dynamics within the group. But I also think it's a really great way to kind of balance out even the playing score a bit for this season, because going into the season, I was like, Oh, seeing the trailers, I was like, they're bringing in another superhero and like Homelander is clearly out for them and things are really reaching a boiling point. Like when you think about it, how can four un-superhero, un-superhero powered guys like, make it out alive, make it out get alive. the job done? Exactly. And this season with the Tent V being something that is, uh, spoilers, a one-off for just this one season. I don't think we'll see much more of it because... It might come back up, but I don't think we'll see it around. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we'll see the boys using it. Um, It was, in my opinion, such a smart way to just like even the playing field a bit for this season and give the boys a bit of... uh, giving them a bit of ground in the fight between them and Homelander. Um, and I really think too, it was a lot of fun to see like the boys use superpowers, like to finally see Butcher be able to stand his own ground against Homelander or to finally see Huey to get, get a bit of like confidence and bravery in him and to be fighting alongside him. Like I was so good. It was so great. When, when Butcher hits the oi cunts and then he just stands up and just gets shot at and just nothing's happening. It's just like this epic music and he's just lasering everything. I'm like. Yeah, this is really great. The the and I want to get into this a bit later. But speaking of lines from Butcher, when uh, Butcher and Soldier Boy and Huey are all fighting Homelander, mm, that's a crazy, which moment. is crazy. And I want to talk about that more. Um, the moment where he goes and where he just looks at Homelander and says, "Scorched Earth," like oh, he's just like scorched earth. Like he, you can hear in that moment, he is ready to just Destroy go. Mm-hmm. He does not matter if he dies at the end of this. He is in it to win it and i love it so much yeah totally um and i also i I agree i like seeing them have powers like huey's powers are hilarious he teleports and every time he teleports he ends up naked it's great because it gives huey a power but still makes huey a little weak right you know or insecure in a way yeah he's not like super epic every time he uses his powers he has to like have a spare yeah halfway through the season he has a bag of clothes that he carries everywhere Mm -hmm. it's just really funny uh, but I also I do like uh, Homelander's face when he sees Huey teleporting around and Butcher lasering. He's just like the what the fuck on his face. Yeah, is, is really good. It's so funny. Um, okay, but that this brings me brings me on to one of the next points I want to address, mm-hmm. which is the really hyped up hero gasm 
Mm. Uh, there was so much hype around this episode going into the season. Everybody knew, anybody who had read The Boys was like, this is a disgusting issue of of, uh, of comics. Yeah. And that it's, it's really going to be really foul. So there was so much hype. Like, I remember Eric Kripke posted that he had to convince Amazon to make the episode. Mm-hmm. And that they had to put, like, a health and safety standards thing in compliance because of this episode. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of hype for your episode in regards to how insane it is. Do you think Herogasm lives up to those I think claims? It, I think it surpasses those claims. Mm. I was ready for just something, like, really gross. And then I got potentially one of the greatest episodes of the entire show. True. Um, that was so amazing. Such a top-tier episode. I was there, mouth, a jaw on the floor every for the entire episode. Like, it was so good. Um... I understand why they needed a health, health and safety warning. There's literally like, um, I don't know, 50 people just fully naked having sex through yeah. 75% of this episode. Um, it was insane. Uh, but it was so much fun and so amazing. And I think it's hilarious because I feel like it's a play on how in the, I mean, and I, I can't say anything because I wasn't around during this time. But, like, the idea of, like, 70s swinger culture or, like, things like that, playing on those ideas, like, that this has been around since those days and is still going. Mm -hmm. But now it's, like, C-list superheroes who have nothing to do with their lives, so. Right, like, back in the day, it used to be this, like, huge Exactly. Everyone knew about it. Like, Frenchie is, like, so disappointed he missed out seeing Herogasm, but now it's just, like, a bunch of C-listers who have nothing to do except sit around, do drugs, and fuck, you know? Right. So I, yeah, I think this episode surpassed my expectations. I thought it was going to be some some super violent thing, and then, I mean, it was, but there was way more to it than I thought. Yeah, I mean, you have mother's milk getting covered in... Just in, coated. In it's coated in uh, mother's milk. I don't know. Nasty. Uh, really gross. You got a man love who has sausage. a... Love sausage. Yeah, love sausage is the name with a... <laughs> fucking sentient penis ew um yeah there's a lot of gross stuff that happens here yeah. and i it's funny because i saw after i watched the episode i went on twitter and i saw that somebody had retweeted there was like a there was like a porn artist who had posted on twitter and was like uh really excited for you guys to see my cameo in the boys and oh. like i'm not surprised that they hired people definitely yeah yeah because that's their that's their living but yeah, get a bunch of sex workers to do it they're like totally more comfortable with it you don't have to get actors exactly. out of their comfort zone yeah but it was wild it was insane um and so much fun and there's so many things i want to points i want to get to with talking about herogasm but i feel like before we really get into herogasm we have to mention soldier boy um, right, yeah. As Just our, talk about the character. Yeah, I guess yeah. we should have gotten into him earlier. Set up him as the character, because we got Jensen Ackles here uh, as Soldier Boy. Hot um, off of, like, 18 seasons on Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, it's so good to see him in something else. Out here killing it. I thought he did such an incredible job, and it was so fun to see him. Um, uh, but I think he really pulls off Soldier Boy really well. Like he nails Sol- it. Soldier Boy is such an interesting character, because he's... Th- the only way I can really describe him is, like, Homelander 1.0. Right. There's Homelander 2.0, which is Homelander, but he is Homelander 1.0, like the original. Um, the original control freak, the original power-hungry asshole, the original misogynistic, racist superhero. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Jensen Ackles comes in and delivers such an amazing performance with him. He is a piece of 
shit. Yeah. It's like immediately clear. He's a piece of shit that I love watching and that mm-hmm. I'm laughing at most of the time, but not because he's like a good, you know, he's exactly. like really awful. Mm-hmm. So it was so fun to see him. Um, and he is just really doing everything in this role. He is um, snorting coke, smoking weed, uh, drinking absurd amounts of alcohol, talking about his old Vietnam War days or whatever. Uh, he is just out here doing the most. And in Herogasm, we've already... He's gotten into the point, for those of you who watched it, you already know, but he is, like, hunting down his old team because they sent him to Russia. Um, and to they get, like, betrayed like experimented him. experimented on or, like, put yeah. into, like, sleep. Mm-hmm. And so it's super cool to see him back hunting them down. And the TNT twins happen to be at Herogasm. And so, or they host Herogasm, actually. He absolutely TNTs them. Yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, he is here in full force in Herogasm. It's so funny to see like a room full of people fucking and then Soldier Boy Stone Cold just walks through in his full uniform, mm-hmm. not even phased by anything. It's hilarious. Um, but he really fucks shit up in this episode. Um, he finds the TNT twins, absolutely obliterates them. His powers are like like a giant like nuclear bomb, pretty much. Yeah, it's the only reason he has those powers it, it is because of all the testing that the Russians have done on him, if I'm not mistaken. Unless right. he had those powers originally. I don't think he did. I don't think they show him using those powers and like all the flashbacks with them. So. Yeah, so I think it's it's because he gets tested on by the Russians and he's filled with so much gamma radiation and stuff. Because they, essentially all the testing, they push him to his limits. They're trying to find ways to kill supers, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So they're really just like pumping everything into him. And the excessive amounts of radiation that he is now filled with just like releases them in one big blast. Um, but after fucking annihilating the TNT twins and half of the superheroes that are there. Um, yeah, you see Love Sausage leaving, and his, his Love Sausage is no longer sentient. No, it is burnt to a crisp. Uh, he has got one charred glizzy right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot dog. Oh, God. Um, but then we get this epic fight, this amazingly epic fight. between Dude, this fight is insane. It rules! It's so good. This is so good. Um, yeah, we see the inevitable um, face-off between Soldier Boy and uh, Homelander. Um, and it's super cool. We watch them fight for a little bit. Then Butcher gets in on the action. Then Huey gets in on the action. And, like, for me, I absolutely love this. Like, this was pure serotonin my entire time watching this uh, fight sequence happen. But, like, what did you think about this whole fight sequence? I think the moment that they, you know, they kick his ass, Homelander's ass, and yeah. to see that character kind of get beat around like that, and even more so, the satisfaction of seeing how, like, freaked out and scared he is. Mm-hmm. Like, the character of Homelander is just really, like, distraught that he's getting the shit kicked out of him like this. Yeah. And I think once they have him, like, dead to rights and on the ground, Anthony Starr's performance is mental. He... I love how he immediately goes into, like, caged animal, trying to bite at things. Yeah. And, like... Uh, get free in whatever way he can mm-hmm. just laying out whatever traps he can like somebody moves forward too much he's just gonna get him yeah uh he caged animal is the perfect way to describe it he get, he's just completely in denial that he's about to he die he's feral in that moment yeah uh i thought the scene ruled i mm-hmm. think the entire episode is one of the craziest episodes of like mainstream tv i've seen in a while agreed uh just with how far they push stuff but then you even have like just the well executed well done action scenes here 
And uh, on top of that, you have Mother's Milk trying to, like, kill Soldier Boy yeah. at the party throughout the entire th- time. So that's, like, a, an interesting dynamic as well because he has that history, mm-hmm. right, where Soldier Boy, like, eliminated half of his family, Yeah, I believe. And so I think that seeing him try and hunt Soldier Boy down while Soldier Boy is so, like, one-track-minded, I don't care, mm-hmm. uh, it was really interesting to me as well. But, yeah, no, that whole fight scene was just so... So good. So good. It's one of the standout moments of the entire show for me, I think. I agree. It's it's for the entire the entirety of the show, I have constantly been telling like more or Hayden and Morgan that I love hating characters. I like I don't even know what the word is for it. I hate to my core Homelander. Mm-hmm. So seeing him get like tossed around and beat up, I was like screaming in excitement. I, know. I was like, Yes fucking kill him please end his life it's worth nothing right like i was so ecstatic and and when he got away at the end i was like god damn it he like, just he just like blasts away because it takes too long to charge up right for Soldier yeah Boy, he just gets he just he just finds it like you said he finds a second where he's got a little bit of freedom and he just shoots away mm-hmm. um and uh, so fitting so great for his character to not want to like stay and fight in this scared moment not knowing what to do running away like mm-hmm. a coward perfect yeah i think i guess we have to get into like anthony Starr as homelander because yeah. i honestly think that it might be one of the greatest performances on television yeah it's one of the best villains if not like the best villain since gustavo fring on breaking bad i was about like, to say you mentioned like this is one of the most crazy moments i've seen on tv in a long time mm-hmm. and i was about to like mention the episode of breaking bad spoilers if you haven't seen breaking bad where gustavo fring gets like half his body blown off mm-hmm. like that is one of the more standout moments of tv for me so it's funny you bring it up like yeah. that yeah and, and then he's in this he's in this show as well mm-hmm. and gets sent to jail in the season gets absolutely set up yeah but no he anthony Starr is killing it as homelander it's amazing man doing such a good job and it's so funny too because i only know him from one other thing and this is so obscure, but if anyone knows Anti Donna, which is a comedy group uh, based out of Australia, um, Anthony Starr is Australian, and he is in one episode of their show. Just popped in. He pops in. He plays like a really weird like housemate that they have like, who acts like a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really funny. That's the only other thing I know him from. <laughs> I've never seen him in anything else, to be honest. Yeah, but he is really doing the most throughout this entire show. I mean, the fa- yeah, the fact that he just is not a, like an unknown actor, but like a relatively unknown, and he just kind of popped up and made himself one of the most recognizable and most hated villains on television. It's also really funny to watch him in interviews, because obviously it's not like some groundbreaking revelation to be like, surprise, actors aren't the characters they play. Surprise, uh, he isn't a racist he's not asshole. Homeowner. Yeah, but just watching him in interviews, he's such a soft-spoken, like, well-mannered dude and he hates homelander like hearing Mm -hmm. him talk about homelander he's like most actors will say that you need to see some redemption in the character that you play in order to play that character he's like i can't wait to see homelander die like he he hates him Mm -hmm. and i think that that's such an interesting situation as an actor is to like have this character who's so irredeemable and so awful and yet i will say the show does a good job of fleshing him out and humanizing him not sympathizing with him but making you kind of understand what makes him tick a little bit mm-hmm. and just like showing you how he has ended up this way. It does a really good job at like giving reason behind his character. He's not, he wasn't born this way. He mm-hmm. was cr- turned into this kind of person. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I totally agree too. I there are a lot of people who will say to play a character you have to have some kind of redeemable human part to them that you understand. I disagree. I fully think you can hate a character that you're playing and it will in I think it informs your um your acting even more because hating and loving a character are they sound two like two very different things, but they are actually two very similar things. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that one is negative and one is positive. In right. both scenarios, you have a very strong emotional connection to that character. Right. So like even when I was doing acting uh, with Dal and I did in my last show, The Crucible, I played like the worst person I have ever had to play. He was an absolute shitbag um, who only cared about himself and was horrendous. Um, but I think you can still use that to uh, to power your character, and I can see why. I can see how Anthony Starr is doing that because I feel like he is thinking of ways of being like, okay, what makes me so mad that I want to punch a wall, and how can I do that exact same thing mm-hmm. to, to show everybody else? You know, mm-hmm. so he is really out here killing it, and I I totally agree with him that you don't have to love have a human aspect of your character you can fully hate them right but still play them really well i think yeah i totally agree and i think my favorite thing about his performance as homelander is like the subtle things it's his eyes mm-hmm. it's really the fact that at any moment he could kill everyone and you have no clue he's just such a loose cannon and it's like there's just mm-hmm. something about the fact that any second he's he could just obliterate you for me it's not his eyes it is he does this weird facial twitch thing Oh, that's true. He does do that a lot. I don't know how he does it, but he just, like, is able to just, like, lightly twitch the corners of his mouth and just, like, I don't know. It it invokes the feeling of a, like, a bomb that is about to explode. Totally. And I think it's just in those tiny, like, little face twitches that you can see his his um, shell is cracking. Right. Those moments really are is what does it for me. Yeah, watching him descend... Mm-hmm. Uh, just throughout his performance and he's really good at showing it obviously in the big moments where like really crazy shit happens to Homelander yeah. but also the little moments just like tiny little things where he's just pissed off with dealing with corporate stuff and you the can just two, see it the two moments I think of exactly is the moment where he drinks milk straight from a cow um, oh, yeah. which is disgusting it was out of pocket and the moment where he is talking to himself in the mirror that was actually an incredible moment I think that moment struck me so off guard because I think it's like the first time the show acknowledges like how he talks to himself yeah you know like in a mirror like showing that he's like so pathetic and weak but also is like not at all that's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing about him as a character is like he's so fun to mock and laugh at but he could also tear me apart in like 0.1 second yeah so like like you get him you get moments where he is um getting jerked off by uh, whatever her name is. Yeah. Like Stormfront. Bare, almost as, corpse of Stormfront. Yeah. And then you get other moments where he like looks like he's about to rip someone in half. Mm-hmm. Or you get moments at like the very end of this season. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Because I feel like that that's actually the next point I wanted to bring up, which is like essentially after the season has died down, we can get back into like the actual ending and what mm-hmm. it might set up. But the, the final scene is that Homelander and his son go down to like a rally where yeah. there's like uh, starlight protesters and homelander protesters mm-hmm. and he's talking to them and one of the starlight protesters throws a can and it hits homelander's son and for the first time homelander just looks at him lasers his fucking face off and 
and then everyone starts clapping. Yeah. Which is terrifying. It's horrible. It's so scary. Like, because as much as I want to make fun of it, there are people in this world who think a very similar thing. Right. Where the solution to it is kill that person. Yeah, we disagree. You're dead. Yeah. Right. That is a very real thing. And to see the people, even in just this show, rally behind him, start to cheer for him, and the smile that spreads on his face. And his sons. And his sons, like, Ooh. ugh. It's disgusting. It's horrible. And it's... I, I didn't think they could make me hate Homelander more. But in that one moment, I did. Yeah. I was really just like, wow, this dude is literal dirt. He mm -hmm. is trash. He is the worst thing on this planet. And it and it sets up a far more political arc for him in the next season. Far more political because you've got the head popper who's going to be like vice president. Yeah, they're going to end up in the White House. They're totally there's totally going to be a fight in the White House and I'm ready for it. Well, in the comics, I think Homelander and someone else become like president. Like Yikes. I think I think Well, Home I think that that was probably what they were setting up was not Homelander becoming president, but now the head popper becoming mm -hmm. vice president, right. who is probably going to pop the president's head and then become president. Yeah. Because that's how that's how that works. If the president dies, the vice president takes yeah. their role. Yeah. Um. So I would not be surprised if we see that next season. But yeah, it's crazy, man. And now now we have yeah like Homelander has now essentially become the face for like free speech and like silencing those who disagree you know mm -hmm. like now it's like he he can say whatever he wants and do whatever he wants in response to that it's literally trump yeah. i'm gonna be oh, honest yeah. oh yeah i don't want to get political it's superhero trump. but it's literally trump right people are like oh he says what he wants and he does what he wants and it's great yeah and obviously with them setting up the arc of potentially superheroes and maybe even homelander at some point ending up in the white house like it makes sense it makes sense the uh, the comparison there oh man i swear to god if the boys has a trump cameo and they kill him i'm gonna freak out <laughs> they'd never be able to convince him he'd be like yeah i'm not gonna do it no yeah but imagine though <laughs> have a look-alike or something It'd be so good uh just yeah honestly just give me another guy who's got like a really orange spray tan right and that's all i need yeah um yeah, but I mean, in regards to what the show is setting up aside from that, like, mm -hmm. what do you think that some of the story arcs they're looking to do next season look like? Like, where, where, where are we headed with the boys? I totally think, like I mentioned before, we're going to see uh, the head popper become president. Mm -hmm. um, and there will probably be a fight between her and Homelander. Mm -hmm. um, I can also, to I'm also totally seeing the. Um, downfall of Vought. I think that's what we're going to see next because I think Homelander is going to strike out on his own. and Go all after that, that corporation. Go yeah. out, kind of like just become his own thing, realize that he no longer needs Vought um, and because he, he's got all these people rallying behind him and all Vought's got left now is A-Train and The Deep and that's yeah. it. It's not, not a good list. Not a good list at all. Also, we got to talk about The Deep really quick and, and what he did yeah to, to that octopus um we'll talk about that in a minute but just one other thing that i think we'll see too is i think we in this next season i don't know how many seasons they have left i, don't know if it's I like, think two i think two? they said they want to do two more i think at i think in this season um or in the next season coming we're gonna see like something has got to happen to one of the boys, I feel like. Mm. Either something's going to happen to one of the boys or nothing's going to happen this season. And next, or I mean, not, 
nothing's going to happen to them in season four, but then when we get to season five, I totally think we're going to see Butcher die. Like, Butcher has to die at some point in this show. Yeah, especially because he's on a timer now. Well, now um, he's on a timer, exactly. Temp V Swiss turns your brain to Swiss cheese, starts melting your brain from the inside. And exactly. Butcher so, has, like, eight months to live. Plus, I also think we're going to see some of the side effects from Temp V on Butcher. And maybe Huey, too, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think that's definitely where we're headed uh, in, in very similar directions to that. I know that in the comics, it ends in such a stupid way where it reveals that like Homelander was like essentially Black Noir is like a clone of Homelander. Yeah, right. I've been seeing this. And he like did all this evil stuff and gaslit Homelander into like being evil. So Homelander was actually a good guy and Black Noir tur- turned him evil. And so then he like kills himself mm-hmm. and or something or like something he dies. Uh, and then... There's nothing left to do with the boys, so the writer was just like, let's just make Butcher kill them all. And so Butcher kills Mother's Milk, Frenchie, and goes to kill Huey for, like, no reason. And then Huey stops Butcher, kills him, and lives a happy life with Starlight. And I'm like, wow. that. thank God that's not where this show's headed. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's not even a possibility. There's no way we get that outcome. It's nice to know that there's a firm head on the shoulders of whoever's writing the show version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're definitely headed more in that direction, where we're going to start to see the timeline tick in, tick in for Butcher mm-hmm. and him kind of desperately start to try and take them down before he goes out of this earth. Yeah, you know? I think that's I think that's kind of where they're going to be able to start upping the ante even more yeah. is the fact that Butcher's now on a timeline. We're really going to see how far he's willing to go. Even mm-hmm. though he's already gone pretty far, I think we're really going to see how far he's willing to go. Yeah, I totally um, agree. But yeah, let's let's really quick backtrack and just talk about the deep for a minute. Deep thoughts with the deep. Deep thoughts with the deep. Here we go. The deep is such a joke, but I love to pity him. Um, and he fucks an octopus in this season. I don't know how he literally lives the 007 fantasy of octopussy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he, oh. Yeah, I mean they they start to establish throughout the season that he's like down bad for fish. I mean, obviously yeah. he always has been, but. I think this is where it's, like, gotten sexual. I, I I can't remember. I know he was always very good friends with them and was very emotionally charged. I, I think them. in the other seasons, there's just, like, a rumor that goes around that he fucked a dolphin or something. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, in this season, we watch him have sex with an octopus. And it's, like, an affair. He's going back for it multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's down- really weird. Man, just down bad. He's like, oh, all your hands feel so good all over me. I know. And, like... We we get a lot of weird moments of the deep. We get the moment where he has to eat the live octopus. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. I hated watching that. Yeah. Um. We get the we get the moment with him where he, um, he like is trying to introduce his wife to also having sex with this octopus, but then it just ends up being the octopus is just blowing him and his wife standing on the side of the bed. And then he goes, uh, "What is the, he says?" She says she wants to feel you as well, babe. Oh my Like, gosh. to the girl, because the octopus puts his hand on her. Mm-hmm. So funny. It's so odd. Um, but yeah, the deep is a joke. And he has no storyline. He's just a punching bag. It's so funny. He is. He is such a punching bag to the point where they've, they started to use him kind of at the end to um, be with Ashley, to essentially just be like another person who is trying to suck up to, the, uh, to Homelander and that mm-hmm. kind of thing in that regard. And so it's... It's just his his he's sad. He's such a sad character. Um, but also he tried to 
But also, well, yes, so fuck him. him. He sucks. Yeah. But he's just like this sad, depressing, like crappy character and it's funny to watch him right just like fall apart ever since the first season exactly in comparison to like all these other characters who are super evil and mean he is just like such a fuck up and it's it's a great little breather every once in a while to be like what's the deep up to yeah for sure um and we've also got another thing i want to mention too is the whole uh plot line of that a train has this season he's got a, a lot going on um where he's he seems to be questioning the side that he's on, which I I do like. Um, I think they are they are trying to redeem him a little bit in some ways, and I can see how it's working. Like I loved the moment where he just d- was just like fuck it and dra- like was Grabbed dragging the racist Bl- Blue Hawk oh, or yeah. whatever his name is, um, the racist dude. Oh, it was so good. Um, and then the fact that he now has like that dude's heart, um, so he can run again is like insane, such a cool twist. So I don't know where they're going with this character. If they decided to flip him around and in the last moments he decides to be on the boys side and tries to fight Homelander. Awesome. But at the same time, he is an asshole and he sucks and he has now ratted Starlight out like twice. Right. That's what I was going to say, which I find so interesting about his redemption arc is there's times where it's effective and you see that he's like, I've abandoned my family. Mm-hmm. I've abandoned like kind of my, whole thing my with roots. His brother. Yeah. yeah. His whole thing with his brother is really good. And his whole feeling for uh, having killed people that matter to other people yeah you know, like, like when re- he realizing. actually when he yeah. finally apologizes for killing huey's girlfriend like mm-hmm. it was such a great moment but like i don't know but as a counterpoint his redemption is so corporate he he wants to be a member of the seven again he mm-hmm. wants to be the shit he wants his own tv show where he goes to africa and discovers his culture he it's all he's, he's he still wants to benefit you know yeah. and so that's what i find so interesting and i think the scene with his brother that is really effective and kind of calls out his redemption arc. It's like they're trying to give him a redemption arc, and then in the last moment, they shit on it. Yeah. Where he goes over to his brother, and he talks about he doesn't want to do this without him, and he wants him to train him. And and his brother's basically like, you're insane. Get out of my house. I don't want my kids to grow up around you. Never talk to me again. Yeah. And, and then that's it. That's the whole arc. That's where it ends. And I'm like, wow. Uh, they give him that redemption, but it feels like they're giving him that redemption so they can crush it. And yeah. take it away from him again. And I thought that was an interesting choice, especially for someone who's done so much bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm interested to see where they go with his character um, because, yeah, who knows? Maybe he will actually have a bit of a redemption arc or maybe he will just still be one of the seven. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll see. You but. know who I, I want to talk about Black Noir really quickly as well. Oh, yeah, true. Um, a character I'm a little upset with what they did to him. Mm-hmm. To, be, to be honest with you, I, I understand... They want to kill people. They want to be like, whoa, crazy. I just feel like they were setting something up with Black Noir in regards to his revenge against Soldier Boy and his traumatic past with Soldier Boy and how Soldier Boy like beat his brains out of his head and like tormented him for being black and being a superhero at that yeah. time. All that stuff. Made him cover his face. Made him cover his face black. with a mask, yeah. yeah. Um, and so they set all this stuff up where he's clearly like, Obviously, after he got his brains beaten out, he talks to cartoon characters. They look kind of like the Mickey Mouse old Disney animations, and he talks to them. And they're setting up this arc where he's going to go after Soldier Boy, and he's going to team up and and fight. And then Homelander just rips him apart. Yeah. And I was like, 
damn, I understand. I don't. I know Black Noir is not like a pivotal character, but I was actually really invested in the idea of that arc and mm-hmm. like the whole points it was making about like the racial inequality of the time and the kind of revenge for that. Yeah. And and they just took it away. And I'm, he could be alive next season. I just thought it was a cool concept that they were going for, and we just didn't get anything from it. I think I I totally agree, but I also think too like if Soldier Boy killed him instead, what would that accomplish? Because it's true. Because the thing is, like, we knew that. Well, we don't really know what Black Noir's powers actually are, mm-hmm. other than like maybe like a Captain America type or like a Hawkeye type or something like that. But you don't. He doesn't have impervious skin. He's, He's like a ninja. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so you like you kind of know that Soldier Boy is going to take him out. Right. Um. So I think. Yes, I wish there would have been more to his arc, but I think Homelander killing him does a good job at pushing Homelander even farther. Right. Because you see so many times, like, Homelander's like, Noir, you're the only person here for me. You're the only person who still is there for me. And then he just outright kills him. When he was truthful with him. Yeah. In the one moment where he was actually honest. You because know, like he chose in that to moment, be truthful. In that moment, him being honest was him not being on Homelander's side. Yeah. So... Homelander doesn't see truth. He sees, are you on my side or not? Right. You know? It's that simple. And you're right. It does make it... It's interesting to have Homelander kill him because it kind of echoes the sentiments of, like, this this repeats itself. Yeah, it's still Homelander is Soldier Boy. It's it's still relevant. The same treatment by a different person, like, 50 years later. You know? So I, I get the point they're making, and I do think it's effective in that regard. I guess I was just like... That was a bit anticlimactic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I feel like it was a bit anticlimactic, and they could have done it in a different way, but at the same time, I understand what they were trying to get at, and Mm -hmm. they did. And you gotta gotta throw some shocks in the finale. If you're not gonna kill any of the main characters, and you're not gonna kill any of the seven, well, a lot of the seven, Mm -hmm. just kill one of them, I guess. Um, Do you have any other big thoughts on the season? Any any points you want to make about it? Uh, I have, like, two other things. One thing I want to say is... I really want to see. I heard in an interview, Jensen Ackles, Jensen Ackles was talking about that there were things that um, they wanted him to do for the show, and he outright just said, "I can't do that because I have a wife and kids." Oh my god! Like there were there apparently were scenes that were going to get filmed, and that he was just like, "I really don't feel comfortable doing that." That my wife or child could watch me do that on TV. Someday, yeah. Someday. And I understand that. This season was nuts, but I wanted to know what that stuff was. Because True. I want to see what was really all the crazy stuff that they had planned out for that. Um, but one character I do just want to mention uh, before we wrap up here, or I guess two characters, is the Maeve and Starlight kind of uh, connection that happens throughout this season. Mm-hmm. I think... In the in the end of it, having Maeve lose her powers is the best thing for Maeve. I think yeah. I'm really happy that that happened to Maeve because she was just depressed as a superhero. Yeah, and so, now that she gets to live her own life, I think she that is a great thing for a character and a good end. I don't think we'll see her around anymore. Yeah, I think exactly. she's probably gone. We're not going to see her around anymore. She's got to like run from the cops now. But we're but I think it's a great end for her character, and I think. The connection that her and Starlight have is really awesome, and I love that they carried that through to this season as well, all the way from season one. Um, and two, with Starlight, I think it was really awesome to watch that whole, like, 
her whole rebellion against the Seven and the live stream she was doing and that moment where she got Homelander with that live stream. I was like, oh, oh. yeah. He's like, yeah, we're just running lines. It's like, no. Yeah, that's good. Um, get caught, dude. Uh, But yeah, I think that their whole, all the stuff that they were doing this season, really effective, really fun. Um, And it's just awesome to see, like, uh, especially Maeve, who kicked some ass in the finale of season two against mm-hmm. Stormfront. Um, to see her, yes, she loses her powers in the end, but she still gets a couple nicks on Homelander. And right. just watching her take that fucking metal straw and stick it through his ear, I was like, oh! oh yeah. That like, was the wicked. amount of pain I felt in that one moment, oh. He so gets her in the eye. Ugh. Yeah, he does get her in the eye, but she she got him back in the ear, which is pretty cool. I do have to also give some love to the boys because we actually haven't paid any love to the actual group themselves. Uh, well, you got you know you know the boys great. are great. The they're boys great. are the boys. But um, I I, I want to particularly compliment. Um, I, I wish I knew the actors' names right now, but Frenchie and Kamiko mm. have a really really great love story. Yeah, they they that really is prevalent in this se- this season and. They do a really good job with it, and I love just it's great to have those other stories where you kind of get a breather of all the superhero stuff of like, okay, let's see what Frenchie and Kimiko's relationship right now, mm-hmm. or even seeing like I really enjoyed watching Mother's Milk deal with his OCD and like all the his desires to be a better parent, his desire to be a better yeah. parent, and all this stuff like that he's going through. It's very real and very honest, and I think the actor who plays him. It's just so good mm-hmm. at playing that role of like, um, I hate all of you, but I am just like such a father right. and I want to be a better dad that I feel the need to care for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just all the boys are doing great. And like Huey's always out here. Huey's fantastic this season. Yeah, he is. He's hilarious. Uh, you can't hate on Huey. Come on. Yeah. And Carl Urban's just, he's oyen. Oy. And uh, he's having a great time. He's just a total menace this season. If he you, is. Like, he's, he's at the peak of Evil Butcher this season. But also, they do a lot to explain his backstory, and, and mm-hmm. I found that really interesting as well. Yeah. That's the thing about this show. Is it's like it'll have a character like climb inside a penis and then blow someone up or like have just the most disgusting situations. And then it's also like a really good drama, yeah. a really good character drama with really solid, likable characters that you can root for. And then characters that you can hate mm-hmm. very uh, intensely as well. I think it's just so effective and it is like definitely one of the best shows on television right now. Yeah. For it's fantastic. Sure. Um, I think that's kind of all I have to say about the boys. What would you rate this season? Oh, you know what? Before we rate it. Oh, um, if you took temp V. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 What power would you get and what power would would you want all right the power i'd want i think what i would want is kind of like a butcher situation like the impervious um the laser eyes like i feel like i want to be one of those people or super speed it's one of those one of the two Mm -hmm. the power i think that i would get is like plastic man elasticity i feel like i would get something like that or Maybe like the teleporting like Huey, but I feel like I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna get this awesome power, and then I'm like, oh shit, I'm Plastic Man. Right. Or like I'm, I've got the, I've got like the Johnny Storm. I can light myself on fire or something like that. Yeah, and then just like burn to death. Yeah, I feel like it would just be something really odd like that. 
Um, I, I definitely would not get the Homelander superhero kind of powers I think I would get. I know. I, I want to be in the same... I think I'm in the same boat as you. I want to be like... I would be able to fly and laser things because that's what everybody who imagines themselves as a superhero likes to think. Yeah. The reality is, like, I'd probably get hit with the deep's powers and I would, like, be able you to, like, talk, to, talk to, like, seafood or, like, whatever. Uh, no, the real power I want is the sentient penis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> give me my own love sausage. Gosh. Oh, man. No. I also think that I might get a Huey. I could totally see myself getting the Huey powers, just being like, I can't wait to have superpowers, and then just every time I use them, I'm naked. Yeah, exactly. So just have some funny gimmick to it. I feel like that's what I would get stuck with. Yeah. But hey, it'd be cool to have superpowers for 24 you know, hours. Give me whatever, as long as it's not gonna switch cheese my brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's rate it. Let's mm-hmm. rate the show. Uh, rating. I don't want to rate the. In, I mean, if I had to rate the entire show so far, five stars. Yeah. Like I give it. Um, What's a good, what's a good, I give it five oys. Five oys. <laughs> five oys. It's so fun. It's so great. Like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, it's a great break for anyone who has superhero fatigue but still loves superheroes. Right. Um, and they're doing such an amazing job at topping themselves every season. I don't understand how they can get more violent, but they do. They always find a way. They always find a way. And Next it's season's just, gonna be crazy. Yeah. It's just a great show. And... I think it's a great example of the idea that you can still make superhero content that's not like the Marvel stuff. That's right. different. That's exciting. That's new. And so I just love it. And I think with this season, I would also rate this season a five. It's probably the greatest season they've had so far. Mm-hmm. Really hitting that uh, peak at Herogasm. Right. And, or that climax at Herogasm. <laughs> that's good. And yeah, it's it's great. I love it. I think yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty similar. I do think this is one of the best superhero things coming out. It's one of the best shows on TV right now. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have to give the whole show a four and a half, and this this current this new season a five because mm-hmm. it is. I do have maybe I could make this new season a four and a half, but I think overall, like I'm just so happy that we have shit that's like pushing the boundaries of superhero stuff yeah, and exactly. like challenging the conventions of the genre. So. Yeah, really just a fantastic season of television. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for it to come back. Cannot wait. So excited. And speaking of coming back, why don't you come back next week for our next episode? And if you want to, you can check out all our other episodes on uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at the Dive In Movie Cast and our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same name on our Letterboxd. So thank you guys once again for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Until next time, imagine all the people. I was going to hit him with that fab five. Freddy told me everybody's fly. Oh, that's better. spit and I said, my, my. Flash is fast. Flash is cool. Francois Sabah. Flash ain't no dude, and you don't stop. Sure shot. Go out to the parking lot. And you get in your car, and you drive real far. And you drive all night, and you see a light. Comes right down and lands on the ground and out comes a man from Mars and you try to run but he's got a gun and he shoots you dead and he eats your head and